Welcome back to Up the Villa podcast. This is our match preview for Zurinsky Mostart v Aston Villa in the Europa Conference League. I'm delighted to be joined by Boss Man from Against the Odds. Aaron, how are you, mate? Hello, mate. I'm very well, thank you. And thank you for having me again. Good stuff. So, I mean, last time we spoke, must have early on in the season, but, you know, talk to me how you're feeling. Season ticket holder in the lower halt. How's your week just been? It's just incredible, mate, isn't it? It's just absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, when you first looked at that run of games, Bournemouth away, Arsenal, Man City at home, I was thinking, oh, if we could maybe get four points, we're laughing. But to get that last minute, the Ollie Watkins last minute goal at Bournemouth was a good point in the end because they're not a bad side, as we've seen when they went to Old Trafford. Um, and then the Man City and Arsenal games at home are just phenomenal. It's just like, it's just incredible, mate, isn't it? The atmosphere, the, I just cannot get my head around how one individual has revitalised the club, connection between the fans. I know it started with Dino in the championship. He brought the fans and the players closer together. But in terms of what this guy's doing, mate, it's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, the football we're playing, it, Pau Torres, Dougie Louise, it's... It's just immense, mate, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. it's hard not to get carried away because you. I don't know whether you seen it. I'm sure you did because you're you're all over everything. But <laughs> did you see Emery's post uh, match um, interview with Match of the Day? Yeah. I don't know whether he understood the question that they said. Are you in the title race? And he said, "We're in." I was like, <laughs> "What?" Um, mate, he, he believes. He believes. Believe, uh, mate. I, I, I like what you say. I mean, you mentioned like how one man, but you know, when sometimes when you look at these sort of things and you think, okay, getting a bit lucky or they're doing this or it won't last, then when you're an actual Villa fan and, and you're seeing what we're doing, you know, not even like on the pitch, look off the pitch, like. The aspirations to improve the football club, the, the North Stand, you know, bringing in Monchi and 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 all of Emery's guys, and you just see collectively what's happening, and then you look at Emery and you think, like, it's it's just perfect. Like every single part of the club at the minute is literally like perfect, and it's just working in unison. But you know, I mean, Emery at the minute, it's like, like you said. His football's great. You know, it, 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 that's fantastic. The goals we score, the goals we scored against Arsenal is brilliant. But then we can also just defend really well. And I think that's amazing as well. And his substitutions are always bang on. His tactics for each opposition are bang on. So, yeah, mate, I, I believe I do. I, I honestly think we can, uh, we can achieve anything because the, he works hard. And they all work hard and, and they're all in it together. So, um, yeah, I'm just loving life. I think the, the reassuring thing, and I don't want to jinx this, Touchwood, is that when a club usually breaks into that top four or that top three, within a few months, if they're still there, you often hear a lot of speculation around the manager, don't you? And other clubs sniffing around, like we did with Deserby last year at Brighton. But given his... I know that we've just gone through that partnership with Real Union, is it, in the League 3 of Spain? Um, I can't see him going anywhere, even if we are yeah. in the... Do you know what I mean? And that's that's the really reassuring thing, isn't it? You, 
you usually get a bit of success, not talking about Villa, but other clubs. And then you hear about your manager potentially being wanted by this club, that club. But I just can't see him going anywhere, mate. I think he's got a, a plan with Villa and I think he's going to see it out until he, until he achieves it. But yeah, it's just phenomenal, mate. When you think about the, the times under Gerard, which weren't that long ago, for somebody to turn it around and completely change the style of football. I mean, I don't know what you think, but what has he done to Dougie Louise? It's just, <laughs> he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's yeah, absolutely he's unreal. The midfield is class. McGinn, Dougie and Kamara. And when Tillemans comes in as well, it's just, it's epic, mate. And it's it's exciting going into a big run of games at Christmas, isn't it? And thinking, yeah. wow, two points yeah. off top, we're in this. Yeah. But they're all better as well, though. Like, like mm. he's improved every single one of them. There's not one player that he hasn't improved. You know, I always thought Martinez's distribution was a little bit not so great. But even even that's improved now. Um, yeah. Olsen, when we saw Olsen play in that conference league, he, his ball-playing ability was 10 times better. And, yeah, yeah, the player has just massively improved. But like what you said about Emery earlier, is that he did an interview, didn't he, a couple of months ago, and he was sort of saying, like, everything that the owners promised me before I came in, they've done. And I just think for me that gave me so much confidence because you know how sometimes it works. You can promise someone something, get them yeah. in, and just yeah. sort of like you know pull the purse strings and not sort of give them what that you offered them. But the fact that they, he said that gave me so much confidence because I just thought you know what he's been backed here and and you can yeah. just tell that rail union and and everything that you know he, he's got everything he needs to succeed here and we will continue to give him everything we need um, to succeed. So how have you found being in Europe, the group stage sort of coming to an end now? Have you have you enjoyed it? I have enjoyed it, mate. It's almost like being back in the champ, isn't it? Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, two games a week. It's mm. um, and it, But it's good. Um, it's difficult to get to all the games when you've got a little one and you're, there's so many games going on. But I try to get to as many as possible, mate. Like you said, I've make most of the Premier League games, try and get to as many European games as possible. I was talking to my brother yesterday, actually, about if we can, when we get out of the group, trying to get that away fixture sorted and maybe getting um, getting out to one of the away games. But it's... Um, I love the Europa League, mate. Specific, I mean, more as when you get out of the group stages, because the group stage can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, it then gets really exciting, doesn't it? We've got the FA Cup, Cup starting as well with Borough. Flying in the league, so yeah, mate, really, really exciting running to Christmas, and uh, yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I like the squad rotation. I think some of the players that haven't necessarily been involved in the Prem but have been playing in the Europa Conference League have have, um, have done well. But I've been quite impressed with that Lengley centre back. I think when he's come in, he's done well. Like you said a minute ago, Olsen has looked better. I'd still like potentially some a bit of a stronger backup to Marti- Martinez. Yeah. Anything happened to him? So I think. The void would be massive, but in whole, um, yeah, mate, I've really enjoyed the uh, the European charge and being back in Europe. Yeah, it's been fantastic. So there's a bit of a narrative around uh, Villa at the minute, and it's sort of like when injuries kick in, when they go deep in Europe, etc. All this rubbish, really. But I think the big thing now is that after th- after Thursday, all we've got to do is get a point. Get a point, we top the group, we through. And then yep. we forget about it. So in the next game that we would play in the Europa Conference League would be the round of 16 on the 7th and 14th of March. 
So no. top this group. We don't play in this competition again till the seventh of March, and just forget, just forget about it. Focus yeah. on the Premier League. You got the round of sixteen then, and see where we are then. So that's the first little point that I'll make. And then secondly, let's have a look at the group. Um, so Villa currently top on twelve points. We've just got to get a point um, because at the minute, if we lose and Leisure win. Even though our goal difference is better, we lose out on the head-to-head -head because they scored that extra goal against us in the first game. So, just got to yeah. get a point and we are completely through. Uh, so, that is that. So, let's turn our attention then to the game. Shout out to um, AVFC Scout, who has done another scouting mission for us. And he sort of brought us some stats on Zurinsky Mostar. Their form at the minute isn't too great. They've got four losses in there and a win, um, and they are playing in a 4-3-3 formation and a 5-4-1, predominantly against Villa, it's going to be a five at the back. Their key players are Bilbija, Korluka and Maric. Uh, Zerinski have lined up in a 4-3-3, both home and, and games thus far in Group E. However, they have shown five at the back set up away from home at both Villa and Legia. Uh, either way, I would expect Villa to have most of the ball and Zurinski to be compact and um, defend in numbers. Uh, their key players, like we say, is Bill Bija, their striker, Zurinski Mostar's captain and talisman. He's played 29 games this season, contributing to 18 goals, six assists across all competitions. He scored one goal in five Europa League Conference, um, Conference League Group E. Uh, he's a poacher and his keen ability to get on the end of crosses and using quick reactions to capitalise on rebounds. We've got their right back who offers a threat as well this season. He's made 29 appearances, scoring two goals and providing three assists. And then we've also got Maric, who is their goalkeeper. Um, and yeah, he was fantastic in the uh, first leg, weren't he? He was yeah, like, he, he was... apparently he was there. It was their weakest player coming into it because they'd got rid of their goalkeeper. And oh my god, he was just like it's like the cat, weren't he? I don't know what yet on that morning. <laughs> he was he was phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can I just say as well, in terms of all this uh pre-match stuff you've done, you've really leveled up this year, mate. You've took it to another level. I've really enjoyed watching some of the uh some of the episodes where you've uh where you've done your research of the opposition and and yeah. all that, and all these slides that you put together, mate. So fair play, bro. There's no one else doing this sort of thing, and I think you're doing a great job, mate. Really, really good. Thank you, mate. Really appreciate it. And then our, finally, our last slide. We've got the average possession. So we've got Aston Villa with 61.6% possession per game, and Javinsky 39.8. And on the right hand side, I really like this from AVFC Scout. You've got a graphic of the average amount of touches per game per player. So you can see that. As they go further up the pitch, there's less and less touches uh, and they've got their central defenders who get the most touches per game as well. Then, so, Aaron, what, what are you thinking about this game then? Is it going to be pretty comfortable for Villa? I don't think it is. No. If I'm, if I'm being honest, no, I don't. And the only reason <laughs> I don't think it is because I've got no idea what team is going to do, what team yeah. is going to go with. Usually, we'd see him revert to that Europa League team, but then... Because he's kept the same team for Man City and Arsenal, I'm not sure what his plans are. Um, and regardless of what his plans are, you're going to back him because the man's a genius. But I can see him... I don't know, mate. I don't know. I've got no idea. 
if I'm being completely honest, because I'm a bit unsure on the team and what he's going to go with. Um, I think we'll probably have enough for him on the day and I think we'll top the group. But in terms yeah. of a scoreline prediction or how we're going to line up, I'm not too sure. I don't know. Do, you, do you think? I think we've got to rotate big, I think. Yeah, um, that's, what, that's what I was trying to get to, yeah. And basically, my reasoning for all this is, for example... If we finish second in the group, we're still through and we just play a playoff game. You don't really want to do that because it's an extra game in February. Yeah. But we've got more than enough to beat these. And off the back of what we've just done against Man City and Arsenal, mm. we've got to back it up against Brentford away. Yeah. You know, we, 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 we're now in a position in the league where we've shown what we're all about and we've got to keep winning the Premier League. And... And I yeah. just look at some of the players like, you know, I'm thinking about this game and I'm thinking, I don't want to see McGinn. I don't want to see Kamara. I don't want to see yeah. Pau Torres. I don't want to see Konza. I don't want to see Ollie Watkins. I want to yeah. see them on Saturday firing. So yeah. um, as much as we've got to get through and we've got to probably draw to top the group, like we've still got more than enough in our squad to yeah. to, to get through. And, and, and I think... I've said from day one that for me that the Premier League's the priority and it still is the priority. Um, so I want to see a rotated team for this because for me, Sunday's so important. Um, and like you say, you know, look at the game, look at the games we've had. We've had already in December, Bournemouth, City, Arsenal. We've still got um, Brentford, Sheffield United, Burnley, United. United. So. There's still a lot of games to go, and and, and I do think he's going to heavily rotate this. I mean, Zerinsky, the bottom of the group, they've got nothing to play for. Are you expecting? Are you ex sorry to interrupt, Matt? Are you expecting the usual sort of changes to a Europa League tie, or would you expect to see maybe yeah. some of the more some of the younger kids come in as well and play? Yeah, well, I think I think you'll see a pretty similar back. Four. I mean, and, and when I'm saying rotate, it's still going to be strong. Like, yeah. you're still going to have Moreno, you're going to have yeah. Longley, you're going to have Carlos, you're going to have Cash. So that's your back four, probably. So, do you know what I mean? But <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just thinking, like, key for Brentford. You know, we've got Ra Ramsey needs 90, Moreno yeah. needs 90, Duran needs yeah. no uh, 90. Then Donka, yeah. I said it, he's still got a role to play this season. He's going to start, surely. You could yeah. probably play Louise because he's suspended on Sunday. And oh, then yeah. it's sort of like yeah. it's sort of like Taylorman's DR Zaniolo will start. Yeah. So that's the type of team that I want to see. I kind of give away the predicted lineup for tomorrow, but that, that's <laughs> Sorry, just where, that, that, that's just where my head's at, mate. I just think you know, Sunday's the Sunday's is the priority. I've got a question so, for you, Luke. And then so January. Mm -hmm. If we are going to go all the way in the European competition and keep competing in the Premier League and potentially, because I'm sure FA Cup will be on his radar as well with us being out of the League Cup, would you expect to see sign-ins in Jan? Do you think we'll be quiet in the market? And I'm sorry if I'm spoiling any future shows. No, no, I you're not. No, no. I was asking you I was on. No, you're not. Um, I think we all know the ambition of Villa. And we know... And I would say we've been very smart and astute in the windows with Emery yeah. so far Very we've only bought what he wants and if he yeah. can't get it he doesn't buy it he's not one of those managers that sort of say do you want this player yeah I'll have him do you want that one yeah I'll have him as well he's yeah. not that type of guy 
We're about to see six months worth of Monchi. So Monchi's targets will have been sort of looked at. He'll have found his scouting. He'll, he'll have done his scouting. And we'll probably see the, the bigger side of that, maybe with younger players coming in in the summer. We know we were at, we were after some big players in, in the summer. You know, the, there were them rumours of Chiesa. There was rumours of Nico Williams. There was rumours of... You know, all these players that were going to PSG, Kangin Lee, Asensio. And yeah. what I think what I think will happen is we're going after one of them in Jan. Yeah. We're going I think we'll go after one of them big ones because for whatever reason we might not have got them in the summer because of you know they might have looked at Villa and thought, I believe in it, I look at it, I think it's good. But are you really there? Are you really, really yeah. competing? But now you look at Villa and you're thinking, we're a big player in Jan from me being like, I think we're depot going to get top four. And, and I, I think that's what we'll do. I, I do think there could be a big one coming in uh, to seize the moment. You know, you yeah. look at where we could possibly be in January. You know, you've got to look at that and think, you know what? We're a player away here from literally just steamrolling it until the summer. Yeah. So I do, yeah. I, th I think I think we'll try something big. Um, I can't see why we wouldn't. I think FFP, we're fine. I think as long as it's not sort of like one of them where you sort of like, is it going to harm our future spending or harm what we want to do further down the line? So sort of like, would we want that player next summer? It, you know, yeah, we've yeah. got to want this player for the long term. But yeah. I do, I do honestly think. We will seize that moment. What do you think? I agree. I think we'll see. I don't think we'll see many come in. I think we'll see one, one potentially two, maybe a low move. But I think the one that comes in on a permanent will be a biggie. I think it will mm -hmm. be a big name or someone like you said that will, we potentially went for previously, and they've thought, yeah, I like the plans, but is it going to materialise? We go back in the market for them sort of players now, and it's almost like saying we told you. We told you we were going. To, this was the plan, and we were going to do this, and and we have, mate. Um, so yeah, I don't think. I mean, how many transfer markets can you remember at January over the years with Brucey and other managers? Where last day you see different players come in, and you're thinking, oh god. Um, but yeah, I don't. It's a it's a different villa, mate, isn't it? It's a different yeah. villa. You know, uh, you know, like January. Like I, I, I always stand by this, and and I think in any window, like a good player in. Can lift the squad as well. It yeah. can, it can, it can galvanise them a little bit more, and and I think that's sort of something that we we'll, we'll possibly need. And even with say, when Dia looks like, you know, I'm just guessing, but is he he's probably going to be back about March time? You know, that's going to be a a big lift, even if he's sort of like just training and getting back and seeing when yeah. there. And so, yeah, I, I do think there will be something happening in January, definitely to seize that moment. Um I just think that's what you do in life anyway, isn't it? If you if you've got a if you've got an opportunity, you grasp it. You don't you don't dawdle or dilly dally. You just go right, let's seize this moment. So um yeah so so yeah so 20 minutes we've chatted about the game and that so that's our preview done and dusted. You are the Proud sponsor of Up the Villa podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, how's man. things been since we last spoke to you? What have you been up to? Um, 
Very busy, mate. So I'm obviously now closer to going full-time with Against the Odds. So I'll go full-time with it in April, on April the 26th, 2024. Um, I've been doing a lot of work with colleges in the West Midlands. So we've started a, a BTEC sports programme with Samwell College, and we're now delivering um, to cross-curricular areas of the college as well. We've got a few exciting announcement, announcements dropping in January with a couple of safer gambling partnerships with professional clubs, uh, one in the National League and one in the Championship. We've rolled out our support function where we're working with two academy players at the moment, supporting them on a weekly basis around gambling, um, which is going really well. Um, the away kit is dropping for Against the Odds Awareness Club at some point around Christmas. So I'll be in contact with you about that, mate, to do a few to do <laughs> giveaway to some of your followers. And then I'm hoping to be back down the club in January. Um where we'll be able to do another giveaway there as well, mate, with a with a couple of shirts or something. It's just been a really busy time on the educational side the last few months. Um, we've got some remote sessions with a couple of secondary schools in Connecticut in America. Um, so, yeah, it's just been crazy, mate, to be honest. New website launching in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, it's all go. Um, we were back in with the mate, NFL. Smashing it. Yeah, it was going it's really well, mate. It's going really, really well. Um, and I think... I mean, I set the business up nearly two years ago. And if you look at what's happened in elite sport this year, it's not just the Premier League where we've heard about Tony, Tonali and, and a few players in the Champion League one as well. It's happening with the NFL, mate, as well. The NFL had two players suspended for gambling-related um, things in the last 50 years. And then in the last 18 months, they've had something like 12 or 13. So I think it's a, it's a big problem in England, America, Australia, gambling at the moment. Um so yeah, everything's everything's going well, mate. Lots of bookings for the new year. Professional clubs, colleges, universities, the support sides up and running. The awareness club away shirts dropping. New websites launching. So yeah, loads going on at the minute, mate. Lots and lots. And uh, appreciate you giving me the the platform to come back on and and uh, and go through that as well. So nice one, mate. Yes, mate. You're just you're smashing it. To be fair, and it's it's something that I massively believing and i think you know sometimes you look at things and you're like that sort of thing doesn't affect me but then sort of like when you watch sport and you, you can see what it can do to somebody you know yeah. like recently we're looking at like like tonali i think last time i spoke to you we were talking about ivan tony and then yeah. now you've got that all that tonali stuff coming out and and even like zaniolo's name was, was dragged yeah. through it and you know it you, you can get in like a real bad way, can't you? And yeah. and I think education, you know, is definitely needed because I think as people you can you can think, okay, I stick a I stick a little accumulator on, and then you start sticking a little bit more money on, and then you start thinking, okay, I'll, I'll put a tenner on that week. Or shall I go about twenty now? And you know, so yeah. it, it can all snowball, can't it? And I think. I think what you're doing is absolutely fantastic. And I think, you know, we've got, we've both got young kids as well. And I, and I think, you know, educating, you know, kids, children, teenagers is, is just fantastic. That's it, mate. Um, I think we don't do enough in this country from an educational perspective. Since, since we've come out the other side of COVID, the NHS has funded 11 different clinics up and down the country, nine for males, two for females, and then an override in multi-gender in London. Um, and, that is to obviously combat addiction towards the end of it, whereas we don't do enough to try and prevent addiction early on. 
Um, and I mean, me and you are a similar age, I think. Hope you don't take disrespect mm-hmm. to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you'll know yourself, mate. We've grown up and gambling's become normalised. It's advertised everywhere. Mm-hmm. I think I had talk sport on the other day and there was a, an advert at half six in the morning of some family advertising, putting scratch cards in Christmas crackers at Christmas. And it's like, you're just normalising gambling to a younger audience. And the, mm. the, the, the worrying thing in this country is if you look at any gambling adverts, and if we all watch sport, particularly followers of this channel, whether you're on YouTube, social media, watching a live game on Sky or BT, or TNT, etc., gambling adverts saturate the elite sport market. And there's never really a deep understanding of what happens if things transition from social gambling to, to gambling-related harm. But there's always this comedy element around the adverts. So I think we need to do a lot about reshaping how we advertise gambling in this country. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. If you look at cigarettes and alcohol, they went to after nine o'clock and then they've sort of fizzled out completely now. But it's a big industry, mate. It's a powerful industry. Um and it's they turn over 15 billion last year in the UK, the industry turned over. So because they are so powerful uh, and they're a huge tax contributor as well, it's very difficult to um, to try and take some backward steps from where we are now. But we certainly need to look into the advertising and, and making sure that their adverts are more impactful to the younger generation, because at the moment, they're, in my opinion, they're not fit for purpose. One big thing that I think's happened, which I think we can all agree is very good. I mean... Is the shirt sponsors on the front? I think yeah. is it 25, 26 in England? That's I think it's the 26, 27 season. It's either the 25, mm. 26 or the 20. I think it might be the 26, 27 season where they've said that can't go there anymore. But yeah. again, for me, it's papering over cracks a little bit because you're not allowed to go on the front of the shirts, but you can go on the sleeve or the back. So they're still mm. able to advertise, they're just not able to take that front space. Um mm. And I actually did a session with a college last week and we looked at the gambling advertisements within the Premier League. And right, it's the most watched league in the world. Something like, I can't remember what the stat was, so I don't want to quote it. But these gambling companies know they're paying fortunes to Premier League championship clubs. Sometimes this money's being used to go out into the transfer market and buy new players. And effectively, that's your fans' punters' money that, that's being lost. So, yeah, there's lots of lots of changes, I think, that need to be, need to be made. But it seems to be very difficult to to make big changes within gambling in this country at the moment. Um, so, yeah, let's see what happens. But hopefully that's where myself and other organisations come in in terms of offering, offering that education at an earlier age. So I don't know about you, Luke. Did you go to college, university or anything like that, mate? Or did you stay on yeah, school? Yeah, I went to school at college and that. College. Did you ever have anyone come in and talk to you about gambling or the gambling industry? No. No, so... Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. I was the same, played sport at a good level, went college, did sport, university, did sport, and no one ever come in to talk about it. So I think it's important that, that I keep trying to get out to, to as many young people as possible, particularly between 16 and 24. And by giving them an idea of, of my lived experience and, and what it was like for me and my family battling addiction, um, that hopefully puts a few of them off and makes them realise, hang on a minute, if if I am doing a fiver a week for a couple of years, but then it goes to a tenner and 15 quid, then I lose the early kickoff. So I put another bet on. It's about them understanding how to spot the signs of transitioning from just having a fun bet to it becoming a potential, potential problem. Spot on, mate. Absolutely brilliant. So where can sort of anyone find you, follow you, etc.? 
Mate, I was fuming. They took me Twitter. So I went to go onto Twitter one day and I had no account. <laughs> it was gone. Oh, no. I don't know what I've done, but um, LinkedIn, mate. LinkedIn, I do most stuff or Instagram. Uh, website will be, new website will be dropping probably first week of Jan. Um, so, yeah. I mean, when I come back on, hopefully in the new year, at some point, I'll, I can give people the new website when that's up and running. But for now, mate, if anyone's got... If anyone wants to reach out and ask ask me any questions or they're struggling with their own gambling, drop me a message on Instagram uh, against the odds.uk or LinkedIn and I'll, I'll come back to everyone. Legend, mate. So that's it then. That's our preview and an update from Aaron against the odds. And hopefully we are, next time I speak to you on here, probably top of the league maybe, flying. So, uh, and then that, that, big, that, that big signing's landed as well. So... Uh, yeah. Cheers for coming on, mate. Up the villa. Up the villa.